0: This is an ABC podcast. It's time to get out and about in the garden with Rowanna and Sabrina, here on ABC Radio Perth and WA.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Roots and Shoots. Although it's not Sabrina Hahn with me today, she's off gallivanting down the southwest, apparently that's where the best wildflowers are. I still argue that's absolutely not the case. Um, it's just where the wine is. Don't you think, Mark Tuchek? Well, it's a good option. <laughs> uh, I think she's down
2: um, Ravensort Way at the moment. Is so, she? Yeah, okay. So that's where. Oh, I well, thought she
1: was more going the southwest corner. Like, so.
2: You could be right. So it's hard to keep track of her.
1: Yeah. I'm a Midwest girl so and wheatbelt girl, so I'll argue that's where the best wildflowers are. But.
2: There's a great uh, golden wheatbelt uh, wildflower tour which mm. we did a couple of years ago. Brilliant. Yeah. Really good fun.
1: Um, nice to have you back on the show, Thank horticulturalist, you. and familiar to our Roots and Shoots audience. You've come and joined us a few times in, in Sab's absence. So nice to have you back. How's your week been?
2: Very busy. Uh, it's a great time in the nursery. Things are starting to wake up. Mm-hmm. So we're propagating away and potting, and uh, it's just beautiful up in the Perth Hills at the moment. So cool starts. Fine days, but, uh, you know, really enjoyable. So.
1: If you've got a question for Mark, give us a call. He knows plenty, I assure you, 1300 720. But do you have some specialist areas that um, people, if they have particular problems, you're best placed to answer?
2: Well, uh, if you've got a bush food question, mm-hmm. uh, of course, with the Bush range, mm-hmm. I can help you out with that. And uh, water plants too. That's my other gig on ah. the side, so I do water plants. So if you've got a water plant question you can
1: uh, ring in and ask that too. Beautiful. Bush foods and water plants and anything else, Mark will have a crack and he knows plenty, I promise you. So the phones have lit up. People are ready to have a conversation with you. So you know what? We'll just jump into it, Mark, shall we? Right. And we'll kick it off with Lindy, who's in Mosman Park. Good morning, Lindy. Good
3: morning. Um, Mark, I have a poinciana tree. It's, I've only had it for... Um about a year or so it was 10 years old when it was transplanted and i've I've sent some photos i don't know if you can see them yet but it looks like the bark is being attacked as if it's sort of um being chewed off by rats or something but but either side of that scar if you like um the, the the bark looks like it's sort of cracking. Um, I've I've sent three pictures showing a close up of the damage and then uh, Have you emailed those
1: through to our email address? I have, yes. I I did just straight after I rang. Okay, Um, no worries. Hopefully um, before we let you go we can get those through um, and have a look at them. But of course, well um, at the moment your Poinciana tree
2: will be looking pretty sad because they hate the cold too. Yes. Um, But yeah, cracking the bark, uh, that's a different factor. So it was a, mm. a large tree when it was
1: transplanted, Was that right?
3: Yes, 10 years old, yeah.
1: Okay. All right, we're just getting the photos for you, Mark, yep. to help you out. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, thank you. There we go. We've got them in front of us. Thank you, Lindy, for sending those through. If people want to do the same, it's Perth Weekends, with an S on the end, at your.abc.net.au. Of course, we can't get them on the SMS, so if you've got photos, they are super helpful for Mark, but you need to send them through to that email address so we can see them.
2: Okay. So we're looking at um, a scar halfway up the tree, and mm. it's quite a big scar. So
3: Yeah, I just noticed it yesterday.
2: Mm, I think this has been going on for a while. Looking at the size, yeah, it must of have it. been.
3: But my, my head's—I'm I'm looking down at my spring flowers. I'm not looking—not <laughs> you know, looking at the, the bark on the tree. So mm. I'm, I'm a bit worried.
2: Okay. Um, well, it does suggest it doesn't look um, permanent, or it, I don't think it'll be a fatal um, scar. But it oh, would start. Yeah. So what I would do is around that edge of the scar, it's a bit like a scab, if you like, so what you need to do is just get a sharp knife and just where the live tissue is, just mm-hmm. gently kind of scrape along that live tissue, and what happens, it, to help repair that kind of wound, um, it'll form like a scab, and so it'll slowly heal over. I don't know what the reason was why it's actually occurred,
3: but now, why do I need to scrape along it?
2: Along the cambium tissue, so basically where the, the live tissue is around the, the edge of the scar, just scrape mm-hmm. with a knife, and that'll actually um, stimulate it. Um, oh, okay. You know, like to ah. to heal the wound, and okay. uh, you probably do a little bit of a, sp- a fungal spray. Um, you know, there's like a copper spray you could probably use on that wound, and mm-hmm. this time of the year that'll start to spring back to life, and so hopefully it'll start to heal over.
1: Like a form, like a scab. Oh. That's it. Yeah. Okay. I hope so. Oh, God, I paid an arm and a leg for this tree. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thanks, Mark. Thank Fingers you. crossed, Lindy. Hope all goes well. Thanks for giving us a call. Uh, let's go to Daniel now. Good morning. Well, hello, are you there? Yeah, we're here. Hi, Daniel. <laughs> oh, great. Hey, guys. Um,
0: I planted an Argyle apple, uh, eucalyptus Cineria, I think. Um, and I planted that pretty close to a retaining wall. And then I've kind of done a bit of research. It seems like it gets pretty big. I wanted to know what your thoughts are. Should I move it or um, can I keep it under control?
2: Right. Uh, it is a whopper of a tree. <laughs>
0: um, oh, right. Lovely,
2: lovely blue-grey foliage, you know, like um, round, yep. um, very distinct foliage, uh, very popular with a florist, uh, cut flower. Wow. Um, but yeah, it is a big tree, so I, I can't, I'm not sure how far away from your retaining wall is, but if you've got the chance to move it, I'd certainly give it a bit of space.
0: Yeah. All right, great. Thanks. Good but, on you, Dan. Um, another question. The, the, around the bottom of my, um, I planted an established eucalypt tree, and I just went out and had a look when I was taking the photos for this question, and it looks like the bark around the base of it has been eaten away, like all around. Um, Probably a centimeter high, and all around the baits, so I don't know what to do in that setting if you just cover it with dirt or
2: no, don't cover it with dirt, definitely because you'll end up with compounding the problem they might get like a collar rot um, yeah, again, a bit hard without a pitcher to find out what's happens what yeah me. you don't you didn't have mulch up against the stem or anything like that in the first I don't place
0: I think so no. Like, hmm. Uh, Okay.
2: Odd. Could be some little... I'll, I'll send
0: a photo through later on and maybe next time I'll ask the question. Makes yeah, sense.
1: cool. No worries. Um, Dan, thank you for that. Perthweekends at your your.abc.net.au. Just make sure the pictures come through on the email and even if you get it in before 10, um, we can have a look at it, stay listening and um, get Mark to have a second look at it and uh, a first look at it and give you some advice once he's seen the picture. Um, a couple of texts for you. Mark Tuchek is with me. Sabrina's off gallivanting uh, around the southwest at the moment. So Mark O would like to know, Mark, hey team, have a banana tree in Palmyra standing three metres tall with four growth stalks. About three years old, has never fruited. Leaves are yellow with brown edges. Are fertilised, composted, mulched. Worth waiting for the recovery or do I rip it out and start again?
2: Well, bananas will always look ratty this time of the year Okay, they're tropical plants. Um, so I would persist. I mean, now's a great time because we're going into the warm weather. Um, It's no good fertilising them going into the cold weather, so now's a good time to fertilise. They are gross feeders, so you do need to keep the compost and the manure and the fertiliser happening to them. Um, If they've never fruited, uh, they probably will do now, You know, because if they're... How how old is it? Did he say? Three. I just... Yeah, so they'll... The more fertiliser and everything like that they get, the more inclined they'll actually produce a flower spike. So
1: keep the fertiliser up. Yep, perfect. Um, Hi, Rowan Mark. Can I plant a pink dogwood tree, crepe myrtle or Chinese tallow, one metre from my house without causing root problems? So a pink dogwood, a crepe myrtle or a Chinese tallow. The site has afternoon sun. And will it grow to about seven metres? They're the things that Sam in Bayswater is chasing. Yeah, see...
2: We we like to squeeze trees into little <laughs> spots like that. And a lot of the times, you know, trees will grow to their environment. So mm-hmm. if they're constrained by a house or things like that, um, they won't get as big. Out of those three, the, the Chinese tallow would grow the biggest. Uh, I'd probably stick to something like uh, the Lagostromia or the Crepe myrtle, which is easily contained, really doesn't have an invasive root, pro- um, uh, root system. Um, and... But yeah, we yeah we just wanted to squeeze these things in. So stick <laughs> to the crepe myrtle.
1: Yep, crape myrtle. All right, there we go. Thank you, Mark. Um, Hi, Mark. Another text on our way back to the phones. I have a water course that runs through my property. Um, I'm in the wheat belt. What can I plant in the bed to filter the saltier water?
2: Ah, that's a good question. And um, you're very lucky to have a water course running mm, through your property. Indeed, we'd all like that. Um, well, There's a lot of um, saline plants that actually start to um, grow well in those conditions. Uh, the sandphire is a great little bush food plant, um, which you can actually harvest and eat All as right. well. What
1: was it sandfire? Samphire, yeah. Yep.
2: So there's lots of there's different types of samphire uh, Tecticornia is the local one. Uh, that's a great plant to use. Um, there is a new uh, water plant. Oh, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> Oh, I'll come back to it. It's like called samosa or something like that, which is more of a ground cover plant. Right. And it really takes sounds like samosa that you eat. I haven't got the spelling right, but I will right. get that. Yeah. But it's a great ground cover, and it really takes those saline conditions really well. Okay. Um, and then towards the edge of the banks, you'd want to plant um, things like uh, old man
1: saltbush. Okay? Yeah. Because they'll take up the salt before it even gets to the water. Okay, beautiful. Thank you. Um, back to our phones, 1300 222 720. It's uh, 16 past six. Good morning, Phil in Dawesville.
4: Yeah, how are you going, Mark? Hey, I've got a raised garden bench and I've successfully grown tomatoes in a market like crafted tomatoes. And, um, for a if I want to grow tomatoes in the same place, can I do that? And if so, what do I need to
2: do to the soil? Oh. We, with, with tomatoes, tomatoes are prone to kind of every pest and walk underneath the sun. <laughs> so it's a good idea to rotate your tomatoes where you're growing them because uh, different pests and diseases can overwinter in the soil. Um, if you have to stick to the same spot, I would certainly add some organic soil conditioner to the ground because that can encourage uh, you know, beneficial organisms and, and things like that. Is it in a full sun position?
4: Yeah, full sun. And I also have a really
0: big pot full of lovely compost I could put in if I
2: need to. Yeah, uh, compost in the ground is fantastic. Um, in a pot, just use potting mix. Um, but yeah, use the compost, fix up the soil. Uh, but my first preference would be to put them in a different area. What's your thoughts about blood and bone? Blood and bone is good. It's a slow-release organic fertiliser. It doesn't have all the nutrients um, you'd want in a, a fertiliser, but uh, it's certainly good for tomatoes. All right, I
1: appreciate your help. No good on you, Phil. Thanks for giving us a call. Laura's done the same and Laura's in Palmyra. Good morning, Laura.
5: Hi there. Um, I've got a bit of a morning glory infestation along a fence line. I think it starts back at our neighbours. I did try and email a photo through. Um, I'm just wondering how to get rid of it.
2: Oh, good for you. That's <laughs> All right. So what you need to do is you need to have a barbecue and get all your neighbours around because yeah. if you try and tackle it by yourself, you'll have no luck whatsoever. Uh. So you'll have to get together with all your neighbours and form a plan of attack. The best way to do it is to everyone jump in there and hack it down to ground uh-huh. level because if you try and spray that... um Morning Glory as it is on the fence, uh, it'll have no luck at all. So if you all chop it down to ground level, then you'll have to watch for the new shoots to come up. And as the new shoots come up, uh, if you attack them, dig them out, all right, and make a concerted effort. But if anyone drops the ball, you'll end up with a Morning Glory oh. all over the shop again. So. Um,
5: and what, what do we have to spray it with?
2: Uh, there are some uh, sprays on the market. There are some systemic sprays uh, that can actually go down through the leaves and into the root system, but you want to spray them when they're young. So things like glyphosate and Roundup, which we're trying to avoid now, but if, you, if you've got young shoots, they're the best time to uh, get stuck into them.
1: Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Laura. Thanks. That sounds like just the kind of barbecue you want to get invited to, Mark. Is that what you do to your mates? <laughs> I know. that's a little
2: working, busy bee barbecue, so uh, there's always a motive.
1: Oh, yuck, yuck. Yeah, I, I think I'll just cook my own dinner. <laughs> uh, Paul in Maylands, hello to you.
0: Yeah, good morning. How are you guys? Good. Good. I've got a glorious
4: Mariah orange blossom in my little backyard, and it's getting too big. I'd like to know how much I can cut it back and uh, when, so I don't lose all the blossom.
2: Okay. So um, Marea, Marea paniculata um, is a great plant. It's a great hedging plant. So you can actually trim it very frequently. And, uh, but of course, this time of the year, it'll just start to be putting out little buds. um, So you'll be trimming them off. Um, So good time to do that. a bit earlier. You can do it now. or any time you want. You might actually lose a few of the blossoms, but they usually produce a lot. Um, So I would just trim it whenever you feel like it.
4: And how much? Uh,
2: You don't want to go down into deadwood. So where there's still uh, green and leaves um, emerging out of the stem, as you follow the stem down, it'll start to turn brown and then you won't see any leaf action. Don't go down into into the hardwood straight away. But uh, just take it down in stages if you want to bring it down quite a bit and uh, it should start to shoot and then you can take it down a bit further.
4: Uh, So it really doesn't matter when, uh, except I can lose some flowers if I do it when it's flowering. That's right, yeah. All right.
1: Thanks very much. No worries. Thank you, Paul. 1300 222 720 if you want to give us a call.
0: Gardening with Roanna and Sabrina on ABC Radio, Perth and
1: WA. Except it's not Sab today. Mark Tuchek is in. He's answering your questions if you want to give us a call. I've got a few lines open, 1300 222 720. You can talk about anything, but in particular, Mark's sweet spot is bush foods and water plants. So if there are questions ticking away in your mind that um, you've been thinking about in those two subject matter areas, today is definitely your day to have a chat Mark, who came in the studio with some props this morning. I did. I love it when there's a bit of foliage in the studio with us. Maybe not as nice as the Royal Biscuits (laughs) that we had before, (laughs) but uh, there's nice little things here. What have you got? Well,
2: I've got, um, it's a great time of the year, so I've actually stuck with a bit of a purple theme.
1: Oh, that's appropriate. This docker lover loves a purple theme. (laughs)
2: Well, I'm a West Australian supporter and yeah, go the Dockers, good on them So you're an Eagle supporter is what you say? I am, yeah
1: Oh, well, you know, I'm happy to have your support
2: The rest of the family <laughs> Means is, so much The rest of the family are, are Dockers supporters so Okay that's thing. But this little one here, here This is actually called a Blueberry Lily It's a Dianella Revoluta It's a local And uh, this time of the year in, um, in Jilba It starts to produce these little purpley blue flowers Okay And then a little bit later on It uh, produces a bright blue berry, ah, uh, which yep. you, you can eat. And um, you don't want to eat a lot of them. they just look like a little snack plant. Okay.
1: And, um, so would you put them on your bracky or
2: not even that? Oh, just when you're walking out to the car, you just grab okay, one. Okay, you grab one. It's a little treat. On the go. <laughs> and this is super tough. So when you plant it in your garden, just get it off to a good start and then uh, you don't have to look after it. Just huh. does it just does its own thing. And because it's like a, a grassy plant, if it looks a bit ratty, you can actually cut it down quite hard. And it'll
1: regenerate. I'll take a little photo of that one. Go on, get in there. You can hop in the photo with it. There we go. Post that one up on my socials so people can have a look what we're talking about. Yeah. That looks good.
2: So Dianella Revoluta and uh, it's a great hardy uh, local Noongar plant and uh, grows well anywhere really. Okay. Yeah, so there we go.
1: Very nice. We'll get through a few of your other um, little selections you've brought into the studio this morning between now and 10 o'clock. But we've got... Calls lining up to talk to you. thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty is the number, and of course Sab's pick of the week. She's away, but she's made a song pick nonetheless, just to keep us on our toes. So we'll have that for you in about six minutes from now. But let's head to Maria, who's in Middle Swan. Hey, Maria. Oh
5: yes. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, hi, Bob. Um, listen, I'm not having much luck with poinsettias. I keep buying one at Christmas time. and By now, they're dying at this time of the year, so I have to get a new one. What is the trick to keeping them alive?
2: All right. Now, the, <laughs> the poinsettias you buy around Christmas time, uh, they're kind of <clears throat> been programmed, if you like, to colour up at that time of the year. So they've been manipulated a bit with the, the day lengths, And they're a bit soft, so really when you get to a point, poinsettia at Christmas time, uh, they'll stay red for a little bit, but it's actually um, in winter when they naturally colour up, you know, the colour of red leaves. Uh, So what you need to do is you need to gradually harden them off because they've been kind of indoors and a bit soft. If you put them straight outside um, into the full sun, they'll burn straight away. So you need to gradually sun harden them and I'd actually pot them up. So put them into a bigger pot with some potting mix and then if you want to put them in the garden, wait till they've recovered and then you can pot them in the garden.
5: Mm, I did that, all that. (laughs) I had them in the greenhouse for, until all the summer went and then when spring um, autumn came and I took them out um, and now uh, they just rotted and died. <laughs> oh, have
2: they? Oh well, And they're still in the pots or are they in the ground?
5: Well, I put them in the bigger pots because, you know, you buy them in small pots, but I put them in bigger pots. Um, no, and I had them under the veranda so they get morning sun and, um, yeah, but no, they still died.
2: Oh, I'll Have to buy another one again at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> and do it all again. But no, you, to,
5: can I take cuttings off them to you, see if I can? You,
2: can, out, like. you can take cuttings. You know They need to get a bit bigger so you can take some semi hardwood cuttings. But right. uh, getting them bigger, I, I guess, is a challenge in your case. But I, I'd, persevere. <laughs> I'd persevere. I'd persevere. You'd be so this happy when they fourth, get going.
1: This is my fourth one. <laughs> Keep at it. (laughs) I was going to suggest try try something entirely different, but Mark wants you to persist. Keep at it and you'll be so thrilled when they get going. course, I love them. They're so beautiful. Uh. Perseverance, Maria, perseverance. Let us know how you go, all right? We'll see if we can help you with the fifth and sixth as well. (laughs) Okay, bye. Have a good Saturday. Uh, Ram is in Highgate. Hello. Hello. Hi, Ram. How are you?
6: Good. How are you? Thanks for taking the call. I just got half a dozen bare-rooted hibiscus thrown out and I tried to save them. I'm just wondering what should I put to make them grow again?
2: Half a dozen hibiscus, sorry?
4: Yes, hibiscus plant.
2: Okay. Well, it's a great time to plant hibiscus because they uh, um, will be starting to love this warmer weather that um, eventually we're getting. Um, Yep. Again, make sure when you're planting hibiscus, they suffer from cholera rot really easily. So make sure you plant them at the same level that they were planted in previously. So don't bury that, right. s- that, that stem. Um, okay. Certainly use a good soil conditioner to get um, the ground improved and mix it 50-50 in the planting hole. But um, yeah, go for it.
4: Yeah, mix it with what sorry, I missed
2: that. Mix your soil conditioner uh, 50-50 yep. with your existing soil. Uh, a lot of people make okay. the mistake of digging a hole and bunging the whole
3: yep.
2: uh, bag of potting, um, compost in the, the hole and yep. what happens is it, uh, it's too rich and right. it rots away. So you want to mix it half and half to make the, those roots transition okay. better.
4: Thank you very much.
2: Always.
1: Thanks, Ron. Thanks for giving us a call. Uh, Mark and Janine, hey, folks, is it okay to move or transplant a weeping mulberry at the moment?
2: Oh, yes. Um, they're just starting to shoot now. And uh, so if you're getting quick, you can do that. Um, beautiful plants. Um, so it shouldn't suffer too much. Give it a good old hard prune because they recover very easily. Right. But, uh, yeah, the sooner you get into it, the better because they're starting to shoot now.
1: Okay. Otherwise, if you don't, you'll have to wait till? Uh, wait till, you know, end of autumn next yeah. you know, okay. season. There you go, Mark and Janine. Hop to it. Um, another pruning or timing question. Is it too late to prune a frangipani in Burswood? Uh, not really, no, because again, we're going into the warm
2: weather, so, uh, they'll start to actively grow, and in in fact, it's probably a better time to prune them, because if you prune them in autumn or winter, there's likely, they'll they'll rot away from the the pruning, pruning section, so, yep, prune
1: them now. All right, beautiful. Uh, and day to Annette in Latham. She was pretty happy that we were giving the Midwestern Wheatbelt a plug for wildflowers. Let us know, Annette, how are things looking? I'm sure there's plenty of beautiful flowers out and about already. Feel free to send us some photos. We talked about wildflowers last week, but we'll always talk about them at this time of year. Perth Weekends at your.abc.net.au. Very shortly, Sab's pick of the week, but let's go to Jenny in Bridgetown before then. Hey, Jen. Hi there. I
5: have got... You can hear me, darling? Yes, Yes. we
1: can. How can we help?
5: Um, I'm sorry. I have got a succulent that I call a medusa... Do you know
2: what I'm talking about? Oh, it's I've got-, got a bit of an idea, yes.
5: All right. Yep. Well, um, over winter, the centre of it has gone rotten. Have I lost the whole plant?
2: Uh, it should actually send up some little pups. Um, so if it's the soil's not too wet, that's the trouble with these succulents. If you keep them too, yeah. wet, too wet and too cold, uh, they're likely to rot away a little bit. So <clears throat> I would suggest it should... Send up some little shoots from the side, and yeah. uh, then, if you repot it, if you find the potting mix has gone a bit too wet and gloggy, uh, yeah. repot it now, and um, hopefully if there 's any little green bits they 'll start they 'll start to shoot
1: oh okay, thank you <laughs> no good on you, Jenny. thanks very much uh, and to Jack in dunsborough now good day, Jack
0: yep. hi jack look i um, i 've got a lemon tree that it was um on a property it was covered in uh, other trees it was just sort of struggling to live and we've cut it all back and now the lemon tree is about seven foot high but it has very few leaves on it what can i do but it has lemons what can i do to promote leaf growth at this time of the year
2: oh okay um I thought you'd rather get the lemons rather than the leaves, but uh, the, the, what the Well, test there's that... no leaves. It's there. It kind of looks a bit sad, you know? Like... <laughs> yeah. Probably what's happened is the plant's probably put all its energy into the, the, the fruit that it's supporting, and yeah. uh, you'll find naturally now, with the weather starting to come up, they'll actually start to produce leaves. So if you give it a good fertiliser, a good citrus fertiliser is good. Uh, make sure it's watered okay. it in well. Um, what you can can do is just... Go around and just slightly just tip prune it and that'll encourage yeah. new
1: shoots to come out
2: um, this
6: time
4: okay. of the All year. Right. Yep. Okay. Thank you very much. No
6: worries.
1: Thank you, Jack. It's 29 to 10, so we better do this.
0: It is that time again. It is Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick of
3: the week. I, I, I
2: know you're going to dig this. Here we go now.
1: Now, this is the one uh, responsibility that Sab refuses to abdicate when she gets, ropes people in to cover for her when she's out and about. Did she tell you what song she's chosen?
2: She didn't, no, but <laughs> I think the last few times I've actually picked some decent songs yeah. and I've put her on the back foot. So maybe Yeah, she's, she's,
1: she's clinging on. So Sab's Pick of the Week coming your way and she tells us this is what she imagines Mark dancing to. <laughs> When he's propagating his water lilies. Oh, (laughs) no. Have a listen. One, two, three, four. Hey, sister, go,
6: sister, soul, sister, flow, sister. Hey, sister, go, sister, soul, sister, flow, sister.
1: All right. There you go. (laughs) That's G Flip, the take of Lady Marmalade from Like A Version. Um, Mark, Sab sends her pick in and then our audience gives their verdict. Um, did you feel like it would be you propagating I think water I can lilies? Actually, I,
2: can, I, I think I can get into it. You know, <laughs> so I would probably propagate a bit faster too. So yep. uh, I think I'd be uh, embarrassing myself with the young ones there, but uh, who cares? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Sam from Jarrow is a regular texter who gives the verdict that we sort of run with a little um, here on the program. And he says, "Rowana, a bit disappointing from Sab for the pick today. I thought she would have played something in tribute to the late Queen Elizabeth. Anyway, not a fan this week, regardless, mainly because of the rap in it. There we go, Sam. Thank you. Um, someone else shares a similar sentiment. More needless rap ruining a great song was oh. the comment. Uh, Janet says, great song, pick, sab, wherever you are. Yay. It's all right. Um, Annie and Chidlow, three out of five. Hey, that's that's more than halfway. That's pretty good. Not sure about the middle rappy bit. Spoilt my dancing rhythm. <laughs> uh, disaster, another text, all in capital letters. Okay. well, So we're probably just going to have to give a couple of minutes for a few that might have, you know, found something else to listen to for that. I think it was a four-minute track too. But, you know, we got to have a rest. You got to rest your mind for just a tick. Um, And now we're going to jump back into it because we've got callers rolling through. So let's answer some more questions. You up for it, Mark? Sure, yeah. Let's do it. All right. Ellen is in Margaret River. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning. How can we help, Ellen? And
3: we've moved into a lifestyle village, so the garden's only new. And it's all going well set. My native frangipani, um, it's got big holes in the leaves. It's growing well, but um, it's decimating the leaves.
2: Okay. Is your native frangipani very big? How, how uh, tall
5: is it? It's about three foot tall.
2: Three foot. Oh, it's only quite young. It's only a little yes. young planted. Okay. Uh, well, a few holes in the leaves I probably wouldn't worry about. Are you finding oh, but, they're going all the way through the leaves?
3: Well, the top, you know, where it grows from the top, they've all been chewed away. And it, then I, I noticed that and then I looked down the plant and saw these other holes in the lower leaves. Okay. And I had a good look. I can't find anything that's eating them.
2: No. Probably what's happened is there's been a caterpillar or something like that that's kind of got stuck into the new growth. By the time you kind of notice it, it's been and gone. So I wouldn't spray with anything. Um, now the weather will start to recover. Uh, native Japanese are very hardy, even though they're from uh, Queensland, nor- northern New South Wales. They actually do really well here in WA. And I'm sure, I'm confident it'll recover for you. So no need to do anything um, and uh, just pray for some nice weather.
1: Beautiful. We all do that. Thanks, Ellen. Uh, good luck with that one. Uh, here's something. Uh, Peter from the Hills says best pick so far, so I just better register that for Sab in, term of, in terms of her pick. Uh, great um, great pick, Sab. Lady Marmalade is a clever nod to Queen Elizabeth. Interesting. Um, here's something in your sweet spot, though, Mark. Any tips on germinating Kwondong seeds?
2: Ah, yes. Okay. So um, recently I went to the the Kwondong Festival uh, in uh, South Australia. And uh, corn, yeah, they're promoting it as the, the Kwondong capital of Australia. Yeah, right. And uh, we actually planted. Um, there's a stack of Kwondongs around the, the place already, but we actually planted a lot already on the go. The trick to uh, germinating them is the seeds are very hard, so they they need to be cracked first. And so you can either manually crack them, or what I like to do is actually put them out um, on a hessian bag with the, some water, put them out on a hot day and uh, let them bake for a bit and then they cool them off and so the, the heating up and cooling down, heating up, it will crack the actual um, seed. Right. Then you can actually um, just pot them up. Whatever you do, though, when they start to produce a little shoot, they can't be disturbed then because the little, uh, little taproot that they produce is very tender but um, yeah, so once they're cracked, they're easy actually to germinate.
1: Okay, beautiful. Ooh. Thank you. Um, the Corn Kwandong Festival, um, you had quite the sidekick. I
2: did. <laughs> I was lucky enough to have Costa as my Uber driver. So we did a road trip up from Adelaide uh, up to Corn, which is about a four hour drive. Right. And, How uh, was that? It was such fun. You know? The guy's such a rock star, you know. Yeah. He just stops. I was straight away at the airport, you know, he's coming down the stairs and people getting selfies with him and things like that. And uh, the funny thing was uh, by the time, you know, we got up to Corn, like we were like busting to go. Like, so, <laughs> we, you know, two hours in the car, we had a few coffees and things like that. And I uh, got into Corn, and I go, okay, let's, let's, let's sort out a place. Let's go to the, the pub and we'll just go and duck in there. And the population of Corn is... <laughs> 1,031. Right. And for this festival, they had uh, 2,500 people coming. Right, yeah. And they're all in that pub, (laughs) right? So we've got got into the pub and I've walked in. Everyone's turned and we're busting to go. So uh, they saw me and uh, they just turned away. And, of course, the next thing they saw, Costa. Costa. (laughs) And they bailed him up and they go, Costa, come and have a beer and things like that. And uh, it was hilarious. So eventually I had to grab him and say, listen, come on, Costa, we've got important business, you know. (laughs) And he said, uh, oh, thank goodness he did that because it wasn't going to be a good look, you know, with a little wet patch going down my, <laughs> down my jeans, you know. But uh, it was a great festival. He's such a, a, a nice guy. Uh, he did a composting uh, thing there. And we did a, a community bush food planting at the, uh, the uh, uh bush food garden they've got going there. It's massive. Okay. And uh, it was just a great weekend and uh, very enjoyable.
1: Yeah, nice. We had Costa on um, a couple of months ago when he was over here for the Calamunda um,
3: Garden
1: Festival, Garden Festival yeah, yeah. which was which was fun. And and Jess, who does the incredible job uh, herding Sab, um, was also trying to herd Costa that weekend. Yeah, <laughs> she had her work cut out between a,
2: the two of them. <laughs> it's a mission. So I'm now Costa's minder. So. <laughs>
1: There we go. I've got reinforcements for you, Jess, in WA. Um, Let's head back to our calls. Uh, We've got about 16, 17 minutes left of the program. If you want to give us a call, 1300 222 720. Mark Tuchek is in the studio with me if you've just tuned in. uh, Sab's down south at the moment, so Mark's taken up the reins answering your questions. And just a reminder... He can answer anything. But bush foods and water plants, if you've got something specific, give us a call because uh, Mark would love to have a yak to you. Bob is in Hovia. Good morning, Bob.
4: Oh, good morning, Ro. Good morning, Mark. Uh, I've got a problem in a water garden that's being taken over by a plant, I think it's called a water lettuce. Um, There's no fish in this part of the pond. It's just um, just plants. And... um, I wonder whether there's anything that I can either spray it with that doesn't affect the fish. The water flows into the next pond, which has koi in it, so I have to be careful what I use. At the moment, all I can do is uh, is, is dig it out with a rake and um, and compost it. But uh, it's about uh, an inch thick now. It's uh, certainly growing very well.
2: Wow. Well, if you've got water lettuce, that is actually declared weed, so that's that's on the, the, the hit list. So, right. Hopefully, you haven't actually got water lettuce. Um, you don't have like an azolla. Do you know what azolla is? No, uh, no, I don't. Familiar? Is it kind of reddish? Is it got a little red tinge to the leaf that's floating on no, the surface? No, no,
4: it's it's a it's a lettuce green. It's a. Oh dear. Um, Okay. And it, uh, it breaks away, of course, every, every tiny part of it uh, is, is a new plant.
2: Right, okay. Well, I would be yeah, raking that up as much as you can and composting. Like it, It'll be great compost, but there's no spray, yes. unfortunately. You can spray on the water. So the, the trick would be to be vigilant. So as, as soon as you clear it up, as soon as you get one little tiny you know, breakout again... If you mm. keep on to it, and especially this time of the year, going into the warm, sunny weather, uh, yeah, you really want to get rid of that straight away. So keep, yeah, keep on to it. That's the best way to do do it, Bob. Just keep raking it out, and composting it.
4: Okay. All right.
1: Good on you, Bob. Thanks for giving us a call. Um, if you want to send us an email, that's the best place to send your photos, perthweekends at your.abc.net.au. Andrea in, uh, in Mosman Park, hi, Mark. My three-year-old sunshine special passion fruit is massive. The photo shows about a third of it, lots of fruit, and it spreads over a huge area. How do I go about pruning it and how hard can I go? Thank you so much
2: all right, that is a winner. So um, (laughs) I think everyone would be very envious to have a passion fruit like that. So really, you don't want to cut it back again too hard because if you cut it back really hard, it'll produce lots of growth at the expense of fruit. So really just prune it to contain it. If it's getting out of hand in anywhere, you can prune it whenever you want. Um, Pruning it now won't affect it, and that plant is very healthy, so any amount of pruning really... Um, will contain it, and it'll recover quite easily. But it's a the, sun, the sunshine special is actually a great passion fruit.
1: Excellent, Scott in Basie, Could you please ask Mark his top bush food plant for the home gardener? Minimum effort, maximum results is Ooh. what we want. Oh
2: wow! Okay, uh, top ten. I'd start with uh, the midgenberry. berry. Um, then I would go for least effort. Uh, we've got, there's a little ruby saltbush which produces a nice little ruby uh, salty fruit that's okay. very easy to look after. Um, what else can you go for? Actually I like the uh, the Queensland Ooray which is the, the Queensland Davidson plum. Okay. Um, skinny tree produces lots of very f- fruit by itself and it's actually surprisingly hardy here in WA. That's a ripper. Uh, other top ten would be uh, native thyme as a herb. Uh, that's an excellent one. I've got this one here. Here's one I prepared earlier. Uh, this has got nice little purple flowers. Oh, lovely, st- yeah. Sticking with our purple thing.
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: um, very rewarding, easy to grow. Uh, it's a great any dish. Um, very fragrant. Yeah, you can smell that, mm. yeah. And uh, we've also got things like uh, river mint, which is great in a pot. Um, that is very rewarding. You just pick all the leaves off that. What else can we go for? Oh, there's just so many. Will I, people
1: find ideas in your new book? Uh they will. Actually, I didn't
2: even bring the book.
1: What? <laughs> oh,
2: that was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, so I've written a book uh, called Bush Food for Beginners, and that's to get people interested. Um, I get lots of uh, questions and inquiries through the website. Yeah. I thought it was uh, recurring questions, so I thought I would just produce a book out of it. Yeah. And uh, it's really just to get people that are not really sure how to start, what to do. And like top 10 bush food plants. And I rate them too, like on how easy they are to grow. So if you're keen, uh, you can get a little book. Uh, it's on the website, mm-hmm. the Tucker Bush website. It's called Bush Food for Beginners.
1: Excellent. Mm. Um, I've also put a photo up of Mark, if you want to put a face to the name see the blueberry lily um, on my Instagram, so at Rowanna Edwards is my handle and you can see Mark smiling away there and also link to um, Mark's page which will send you through to the website and all those important places where you can get more information, particularly if you're looking for stuff relating to bush foods. Um, speaking of bush foods and bush tucker, Carl is in Byford. Hey Carl. Uh, good morning um,
6: Rowena and uh, Mark. Um, yeah, we've uh, I've been growing, uh, well my parent, partner and I in Byford have been growing uh, York in uh, pots, nice. and uh, we we get uh, uh, a bit of a harvest, but they're relatively uh, small. The uh, the tuberous um, um, things, <laughs> yokes, the yokes, and we're, yep. we're just wondering how to ha- uh, what to do to get them to, to grow with greater vigor and uh, give us you know larger uh, tubers.
2: Well, uh, first question is how long have they been in the pots?
6: Well, uh, one that I harvested uh, all all the uh, produce of uh, that was um, oh, for for the best part of a year.
2: Yes, yeah. Generally, a year onwards, uh, that's when they start to produce bigger yolks, and um, it's a shame, Row. I just got some yolks in the van. I didn't even bring those out of the van. So, but. Uh, yeah, they do get bigger uh, as they get older, so um, yeah. they will get to potato size, but they'd probably do that more in the ground. Um, you need a fairly large yes. pot too, so... Um,
6: yeah, okay. So I have I get, uh, uh, a lot of the ones that I harvested that were a bit, you know, quite small. I just did indeed put them into a, uh, into a patch of ground and um, uh, see, see how that goes in comparison.
2: Well, the, the yolks aren't really like potatoes, so they don't propagate that easily from the actual yolk themselves. Uh, we propagate them by cuttings, so if you get the little uh, new shoots coming up, it's best to separate those out. Um, but yeah, I think a bigger pot in time and a, a year onwards, you need to wait.
6: Oh, okay, and, and with harvesting, do, can you safely harvest, say, one half and just leave the rest of the plant?
2: Yes. Uh, in the, oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, unlike potatoes where you have to harvest the whole potato bush uh, in order to get to the potatoes, with the york you can actually just dig down and fill the yolks and pull, pluck
1: them off that way. And so you don't have to pull the whole plant out. Okay. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for your call. We're going to go to Kim, who's in Bindoon. Hey, Kim.
5: Morning. How are we going? Good. 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 My um, best friend recently gave me a Kwondong acuminatum. I think that's how you pronounce it, Mark. Um, I just needed some growing tips, suggestions, because it's very special to me and I don't want to kill it.
2: <laughs> very good. So its botanical name is Santalum acuminatum.
5: Yes, so I'm that's... looking at the tag. <laughs> very good. <laughs> I just didn't pronounce it
2: correctly. <laughs> that's okay.
5: Uh,
2: <laughs> now, importantly, uh, Kwondong's... Uh, Need a host plant, so they're hemipalicity. Yes. So, yeah,
5: she's got a host, she's got a Dichondra, So, I've been told by my bestie, do not kill the host,
2: <laughs> right? Uh, so, yours is in the ground yet, or still in a pot?
5: I've put it, yes, I've put it in the ground, yes,
2: okay,
5: in, in Bindoon.
2: probably long term. Uh, the Dichondra's, I mean, it's okay, but I'd probably go with like a wattle or a, like a raspberry jam wattle. A lot of the wattles, yep. uh, because they're nitrogen fixing, are very good host plants for Kwondongs. And
5: yep, and I've planted yeah, I've planted yes, I've planted one like three meters away from yeah, from a Oh,
2: sounds like yep. you're doing all the good, all the right things. So importantly, now you can't be
5: early days.
2: You can't be a heli, you can't be a helicopter parent, you know. So you just
5: gotta <laughs> let it
2: do its own thing.
5: Okay, so yeah, so just keep the water up, keep the water up to it in the summer, and and I was the instruction sheet said molasses too. One part molasses to four parts water is a good yeah, is a good drink for it.
2: Is oh yeah, yeah. So that's just a. Uh, to put a little bit of uh, microbial action in the soil. Yep.
0: But yep.
2: Uh, I wouldn't do that too often, but you can do no. it. Yep, so it'll be fine. Okay. But, uh, yeah, find some other projects too. <laughs> okay.
5: Oh, no, my garden is full of natives. No, I, I, my garden is, yeah, but I just, I, this is just quite special. So I just was wondering if there's anything else I could do. But thank you very much.
1: You, you're on to Good it. on you, Kim. Thanks for giving us a call. Hey, Pedro sent us a text. Morning, guys. No garden issues. Mark, but bloody happy to finally hear an Eagles supporter on the ABC. I've had months of annoying Frio waffle from all the regional and city ABC stations. Keep the faith, brother. Well, there we
2: go. It's, yeah, it was, it was a hard year,
4: but... Uh,
1: oh. uh, it's never hard for long with you lot. That's why we have to make the most of it while we can. Um, if Bob has water lettuce, it's a declared weed and he needs to report it to the Department of Ag. Yep, mm. which I think is what you were hinting at yeah, <laughs> with so, your I, concerned
2: face. I, I was hoping no one was listening. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a bad weed, so really have to get onto it. Yep,
1: yeah, no worries. All right, a couple more callers. We're five minutes away from the 10 o'clock news. Uh, let's head to Brooke, who's in Daglish. Hey, Brooke. Oh, hi there.
5: Um, I, we're about to sell our family home. Um, my dad recently passed away, and I just wanted to propagate the bougainvillea that he had there. Um, and just wondered, I've sort of read and heard different bits of advice on how to do it, so I just wondered if there was a right way.
2: Oh, right. They're they're quite um, easy to propagate. So you can do it by hardwood cuttings in winter, which we're kind of moving away out of, Um, or you can do like semi-hardwood cuttings now going into the warmer weather. So a hardwood cutting would be, if you pick something about uh, finger thickness, and you just cut it off below a node and just angle cut. And just uh, you can use a bit of rooting hormone uh, gel when you do that. Just pop it in the end. Just make sure you've got a few nodes. And nodes are little kind of bumpy bits where the leaves would have shot out of uh, on the stem. So as long as they're covered underneath the soil, they take a lot longer to um, shoot. Whereas going into the warmer weather, you can use... Like uh, semi-softwood cuttings uh, with the leaves just towards the tips, and again, I'd use a rooting hormone powder. Keep them warm, so bottom heating is great. Um, We can get little those little grow propagation um, units uh, at your local hardware, and uh, yeah, just choose either one of those two.
1: All right, there we go. Thank you, uh, Brooke. We can head to Chris now, who's in Mandra. Hey, Chris. You there, Chris? Good, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. You're I've welcome. got about 20
5: convolvulus sabatius plants, 18 months in the ground, um, hanging beautifully, cascades of leaves, not one single flower. They've been watered and fertilised, and as a last ditch effort about six or eight weeks ago, I gave a feed of pot potash on the advice of nursery man, but nothing's happened and i have spoken
6: severely mm.
2: to them oh okay um <laughs> so potassium or potash is a nutrient that's required to help with flower color and flowers, um flower colors and size but potassium doesn't initiate flowering
0: no
2: so no. Uh, a little bit mis- misleading there but again convolvulus mm. um they they really love the hot, sunny, warm weather. So all of yours are in full sun? Yep, full okay. sun. Okay. Uh, it sounds like when they were planted, they had a lot of good soil, a lot of good fertiliser, put lots of energy into uh, growing. Well,
0: it is sandy soil, but it was given um, the appropriate, um, you know, nutrients and
2: stuff and soil improver put in, yeah. Yeah. I am confident they will flower in summer for you when it warms up. And... Um, the only thing I would do is just use a slow-release fertiliser on them like a, like a, um, you know, just a, a prill, uh, just a slow-release fertiliser is fine to use. Beautiful.
1: Thank you, Chris. Uh, email coming through uh, from Mick in Lake Clifton. Good morning. Can we transplant the attached hedging plants? If we can, how do we do this and when? We think one is a lily-pilly. They're good photos for you, Mark, that you can see quite.
2: Okay, there's two different plants there. Mm. Uh, one of them is Viburnum tinus, and this one's a lily-pilly. Lily and they want to be transplanted. Ooh. Bold? Bold. It's going to be a bit, a bit of a jog because they're about... Um, <laughs> they uh, small. Yeah, a metre and a half, two metres high. So they're going to take a lot of soil. You want to try and take as much of the root ball as you possibly can. So the plant's that size. It's going to be fairly heavy. Uh, they can be trans, uh, successfully transplanted, but uh, a bit of back work involved.
1: All right, one last call. Let's slip in Lindsay, who's been waiting patiently in Denmark. Hey, Lindsay. Good
3: morning. How are you doing? Good. 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 I have a question.
6: I you read about companion planting all the time, but then you, you see um, don't plant, you know, avoid planting this with this. Um, so, is there like a rough air, like distance that you shouldn't plant? Um, Like, I have a greenhouse and I have strawberries and tomatoes in there. Then I've just found out that you shouldn't have strawberries and tomatoes growing close together.
1: What do you think, Matt?
6: Should it be like a metre, 10 metres?
2: I would give them at least a metre. It's more the pest and disease thing. Um, But, yeah, there's a whole subject on companion planting, so... Yep, split them, split them <laughs> up um, and then you can actually get some other plants in there too.
1: With 40 seconds to go, we probably weren't going to be able to get into companion uh, planting no, it's, too. it's a whole
2: new field. But, um, yeah, it's, I just split them up at least a metre apart. Uh,
3: well.
1: Let's finish with the final say to Dawn who says, really enjoyable listening to Mark. Lots of wise, clear gardening advice. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having, um, thanks for being on the show, Mark Tuchek. It's been delightful. Thank you for having me, Rose. Excellent. You are very welcome. Um, Sab is away again next week. She'll be back with us in a couple of weeks' time. Be back for Saturday brekkie for ABC Perth from six next Saturday, and Roots and Shoots from nine. Have a great weekend.
3: This is an ABC podcast.